Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Great Sunday to each of you, but I want to highlight some great celebrities even at this moment, and those are the celebrities who fight for our freedom. And so if you have ever been in our armed forces, or if you find yourself in our armed forces even now, we celebrate you, we honor you, and we thank you for fighting for our freedom. And so with that being said, on this Memorial Day weekend, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you so much for those who have served and are serving in the armed forces right now. We pray for their families. We pray for strength in their bones. And we pray that they would be celebrated today. And even now, God, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds that we may hear from you today. Let us be encouraged today. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. My friends, it's always a pleasure to be with you, even virtually. And so today we're going to continue with our theme of what it means to be aligned with God. And so today we're going to laser focus, however, on the extreme of what it means to be aligned, but yet in alignment which displeases God. Alignment that God's not happy with. You know what I mean. And so as we kick off this discussion... I'm going to confess something to you. I'm horrible sometimes at making decisions. You know, one bad decision that I often commit to is eating nachos at the movie theater. The chips and the cheese, they're not the problem. But when I decide to verbally ask the person making the nachos to put some jalapeno peppers on top, that is just not wise for Josh. You see, jalapeno peppers and Josh, they just do not mix well. You know, but I just love the way these jalapeno peppers taste. But the consequence of this decision is not desirable. But likewise, many of us often make bad decisions that seem desirable at the time. However, over time, they become destructive. Think about it, friends. We commit to friends with bad habits. We commit to negative thoughts, even about ourselves. Sometimes we commit to negative people, but yet desire to proclaim that we have a positive outlook on life. Friends, some of us commit to unfruitful relationships, not understanding that the consequences can be fatal. Friends, who and what we are aligned with matters to God and also should matter to us. Bad decisions often produce horrible consequences. Face it, friends, what feels good to us is always not good for us. Our feelings should never find themselves on the same level as our faith in God. Today, my friends, we continue our discussion on what it means to be aligned with God. And over our time together in this month, we have found out that we can conquer the world, but we only conquer the world through our faith. 
We've realized that God doesn't want us to simply survive. God wants us to become aligned with him that we may thrive. But today we're going to look on the whole other side of the spectrum to examine a few questions. And one of those questions happened to be, does God really care who we are aligned with? Does God actually care who our associates are? Friends, I want you to understand today from the outset, yes, God does care. He cares because negative people, places, or things have the capacity to hinder our relationship with God and ultimately us remaining in alignment with God. We find this to be true in the book of 2 Chronicles. You see, 1 and 2 Chronicles are all about the importance of remaining aligned with God. Unity and alignment with God is the purpose. God, in these two biblical books, he professes that alignment matters. You see, God, in these biblical books, he's revealing to us his sovereignty in human relations, as well as the severe life changes that occur when we are out of whack in our relationship with God. You see, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, up to this point, praying Jehoshaphat has had most of his life aligned with God. Last week, friends, we noticed a three-nation army coming against Judah. And Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah, they got all together and they prayed and they fasted together. And God allowed them to experience victory and they didn't even have to lift one finger. Judah, he experienced a sweatless victory as he remained aligned with God. But here it is, praying Jehoshaphat. He has now been transformed into jumping Jehoshaphat. And he has jumped himself right into a situation of alignment that totally displeases God. You see, we observe this alignment which displeases God right there in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 35. Listen to what happens. The text tells us, after this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with King Ahaziah, king of Israel. He acted so wickedly in so doing. You see, Jehoshaphat at this time is becoming quite prideful. He's also taking his eyes off of God. You see, Jehoshaphat, he's experienced the strong hand of God. He's seen God fight on his behalf. He's seen God work on the people's behalf, and they did not have to lift a finger. But Jehoshaphat, he's sick at the moment. Sick, like really. He's sick because Jehoshaphat suffers from what I like to call selective amnesia. You see, Jehoshaphat suffers from selective amnesia in the sense that he's experienced success, but he forgets who actually ordained for him to be successful, and that was God. Jehoshaphat functions at the moment as if he's the one that won the battle, as if he's the one that caused this great thing to happen, and now he believes he can make decisions away and apart from God. Friends, we learn from my prideful brother jumping Jehoshaphat. We learn something, and it's this, that if you ever want to displease God, don't allow God to direct your decisions. But if you do want to please God, we must allow God to direct 
our decisions. Friends, when I say direct, what I'm meaning is that God has to have ultimate control over the operations and the decision making of our lives. You see, jumping Jehoshaphat, he's witnessed God work on Judah's behalf. He's seen God do some awesome things when he depended on God. See, God showed himself sovereign in Jehoshaphat's stillness. But now Jehoshaphat intercepts God's authority and believes, hey, I got this all figured out. That's dangerous. Dangerous? Yes, it's not wise. Because King Ahaziah is a Baal worshiper. Yeah, not basketball, like Baal. (laughs) See, Baal, it was a fertility god of the earth that some during this time, they worshiped greatly. See, this is in direct conflict with Jehoshaphat because Jehoshaphat is a believer in God. So therefore, Jehoshaphat and Ahaziah, they have different motives. They have different beliefs, but they also have different forces which guide them. See, Baal at this time, he was a God in the host of many other gods, but Jehoshaphat, he worshiped the one true God, the maker of heaven, the maker of all of creation, the maker of earth. See, the difference that was dangerous was not just because they believed differently, but the difference that was dangerous was the mere fact, well, the big fact that nowhere in the text do we see that Jehoshaphat went to God and said, God, is this partnership with King Ahaziah something that I need to be aligned with? Hmm. We know that Jehoshaphat knew how to go to God because earlier in the chapter, he went to God when the three nation army was against him. Oh, but his back's not up against the wall. (laughs) And so he wants to make these decisions by himself. Friends, we learn this, that if you desire to run to the goal of displeasing God, just make a decision without God. I like the way Henry Blackaby talks about this thought when he says, God doesn't want people to do what they think is best. God wants us to do what God knows is best. And no matter of reasoning or intellectualizing will discover that. We must allow God to direct our decisions. See, if we're going to allow God to direct our decisions, then we have to ultimately know that God We can never make a decision without God. Friends, it was in 1975 that David Ogilvie came up with the tagline for an American Express credit card, don't leave home without it. This catchy slogan was to help people always carry their American Express card with them no matter where they went with the hope that they would always remain ready to make a purchase. However, right now, allow me to remix David Ogilvie's line about never leaving home without it and give it to God. And let me suggest that God never make a decision without him, because everywhere we go in life, we will always be confronted with decisions that we need to make, whether we're at school, whether we're at work, whether we are even at home. But wherever we go, decisions can sometimes change the course of our life, and we are not always versed to make the best 
decisions. So yet we learn from the American Express card, don't leave home without it. But let me suggest that in every decision that you make, never make a decision without God. Friends, we know that God, the maker of heaven and earth, is awesome and deserves to be involved in our decision making. Why? Because God is all knowing. God is wise. And the Bible really validates this fact, but I love to pull out just one verse to validate the point of never making decisions without God. And we see it in Proverbs chapter two, verse six. Listen to these wise words. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Friends, American Express, that credit card can leave you with debt. But when you make decisions with God and for God, God will lead you to fruitful places. Friends, never make a decision without God. However, at this time, my brother jumping Jehoshaphat is not fearful. His back's not up against the wall. He's in no kind of danger. And he says, you know what? I'm going to make a decision that pleases me. He makes a business deal with the king of Israel. His name is Ahaziah. That's a name for you, isn't it? Listen to the rest of this episode in scripture. In second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 36, we're told Jehoshaphat allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships in Ezion Gibber. See, these kings, they have come together to make ships that are going to go to Tarshish. They have it all planned out. They even have a place where they're going to make these ships, and they believe that everything is going to be well. They look at it like this. If the ships can go back and forth, then they can make a large sum of money. They can split it down the middle, and both of their pockets can become a bit fatter. It looks well. It sounds well. But is it well? See, it's really not well because they did not include God. And I always tell people, and even I tell myself, if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Friends, you can never outsmart, you can't outthink God. If it's not in the plan of God for you, then guess what? Going against God will only hurt you. See, King Ahaziah and King Jehoshaphat, they become aligned with each other only to make money. They're motivated by profit. They're not motivated by God. And we learn from this interaction this, we must not allow profit to precede our relationship with God. We must not allow profit to precede our relationship with God. You know, having the necessary amount of money to live the life that you want to live, guess what? That's a huge, gigantic blessing from God. However, when we become ruled by money instead of led by God, this is a problem. You see, Jehoshaphat, excuse me, he sees this as a way simply to make more money. The problem is not that Jehoshaphat desires to make money. The problem is that he placed his desire above and in front of God's plan for his life. And so, my friends, Don't give Jehoshaphat a bad rap just by himself because I believe we all do this sometimes. Think about it. When our goals for life are in jeopardy, we sometimes lean on our own desire and commit to doing something that maybe is not in God's desire for us. When our way of living is in flux, yeah, 
we can sometimes make haphazard decisions. And when we make these haphazard decisions, we have a way of depending on people, places, and things that God has not even ordained that we be aligned with. See, Jehoshaphat, he's showing us that God really cares about who we are aligned with. Jehoshaphat's showing us that if we're motivated by the wrong things, it can lead to our demise. But let's see what really happens after they build these great night ships that are going to make some money for them. Look in verse 37 of 2 Chronicles 20. The text tells us, Then Eleazar, the son of Dodavahu of Merashah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, the Lord has destroyed your works. So the ships were broken and could not go to Tarshish. This great money deal between Jehoshaphat and Ahaziah is dead before it even starts. <laughs> it's dead. Like they had it all planned out. They were going to make so much money and God would not even allow these ships to even set sail. Friends, we do not thrive when we are not aligned with God. This partnership was doomed from the start. Why? Because it was built on the wrong things. When God is not first, we do not succeed. And God loves us so much that he gives us warnings when we're traveling down the wrong path. He even did this for Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat got a warning. All we had to do was press the rewind button because it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 18, verses 28 through 34, that there was a horrible alliance made with Ahab. And guess what? It ended in Ahab's death. But he could have hit the rewind button a second time and looked at his father Asa's life in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 2 through 9, where we see that Jehoshaphat could have learned from an alliance that his father made, and it didn't even work out well for him, but yet Jehoshaphat would not even look at the warnings. Friends, learn to pay attention to the warnings. Because the warnings can stop you from going down a path that could hurt you. And so, my friends, we understand today that God deserves to be in every decision that we make. He directs our decisions, not us. But how do we choose what partnerships, friendships, or relationships to say yes to? Well, you got to ask four questions to yourself. The first question is this What are your motives? Like, why do you even want to be in this partnership, this friendship or relationship? But after you examine that, you need to ask, are there any problems that I'm running away from, which is why I want to be in this partnership, this friendship or this relationship? The third question you need to ask yourself is this, is this partnership the best solution or is it a quick solution? The best solution will always be God told you to do that. The quick solution is it's available to me right now. But the last one is very simple. Have you prayed about that partnership, that friendship, or that relationship? Without prayer, without including God, you will easily commit a partnership, 
a friendship or relationship that uh, you may be aligned there, but it will not please God. And so, friends, our together takeaway is very simple. It's this, who and what we align ourselves with has the capacity to enhance or diminish our lives. And so I pray that you understood a lot from Jehoshaphat's story. I pray that you wrote down those four questions to examine and ask yourself. But I also believe that the best sermon that we've ever heard is one that we're willing to put into practice. And so, my friend, if you're watching this from wherever you may be, I want to invite you to a praise party. But I also want to invite you, if you do not know Christ, you have the chance today to invite Christ into your life. It's simple. All you have to do is say this prayer after me. Just repeat, say, I admit that I need God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. If you've just prayed that prayer, you are in relationship and you are in alignment with God and we are excited about it. And so what I want you to do is that if you've just said that prayer, feel free to email us or let us know in the comment section that you have opened your heart to Jesus and Jesus as well as us here at Second Punch. We're excited about it. But yet if you need prayer and on anything, it doesn't matter. There's no little prayer. There's no big prayer. Feel free to email us. Or if you want to know more about Second Punts, email us. Our email addresses are online at spdl.org. Again, friends, we got to include God in all of our decision making. And as we do, we please God. And so, my friends, I pray that you have an amazing week. But more than anything, I pray and hope that you are and you remain aligned with God. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.